Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene. Sponsored by Hit Marketing Design, the design agency as passionate about craft beer as we are. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Bayonet Brewing Co, Dolphin Brewery, The Paper Mill Micropub, Berkshire Beer Box, The Smallback Brewing Co, Belgium and Blues Southampton, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, Aid Barley, Michael Billingham, James Moss, The Brew Brothers, Paul Whelan, Bettina Cassidy, Fawkes Brewery and Claire Costa. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast this evening Cameron from Turning Point Bruco, based in Knaresborough in North Yorkshire. Turning Point was launched in 2017, and they've grown to become a small team of beer lovers with a clear mission. Brew their favourite beers and have a good time. Cam, please introduce yourself and tell us about your beer journey, which led you to launching Turning Point. Good evening, Rob, and everyone who's listening. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been quite the journey. We've, we set up in 20. 17 start of 2017 um me and my business partner aaron if you've if you've been to various beer festivals in the last six or seven years you probably have seen us there that's <laughs> what we like to that's what we like to get up to yep but yeah the, the brewery was sort of born out of a a conversation which i always like to think back on was a bit of a joke really which was uh, maybe we should quit our jobs and start a brewery which i'm led to believe is how all craft breweries end up <laughs> There's two ways it can it can happen. Either you're sitting there drinking a beer and complaining about it, saying we could do better, or you're sitting there drinking a beer saying, This is great, this is what we need to be doing. So so which which one of those two was it? Um I I, th- I think it was that Aaron and I both both loved the industry that we were both both in previously, you know, the hospitality and Aaron worked for a, a brewery as well at the time, which All right. was mm-hmm. Grass Castle. I was running oh, yeah. a in York, um, called the Falcon Tap, and we'll come on to that later, I'm we sure. <laughs> and that's where I that's where I met Aaron. Um, he was delivering the Brass Castle once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. We were buying a lot of their beer, and I was having a really good time running a pub. I just finished studying at York University, where I did not study home brewing or brewing or anything of the like. <laughs> but for one reason or another, I think it was to fund um, my progressively decadent nights out drinking nice beers. Wines and whiskies and such in York. I got myself a, a pub job. Okay. That's where I got really into cask beer, keg beer. You know, it was it was right at the start for me of uh, of the scene of, of breweries opening faster than you could count them. Yes. As a as a person new to drinking pints of beer in pubs, that was a really exciting prospect. I couldn't believe that this bar that I was working in, the Maltins, which is just near the train station in York, I couldn't believe that they had different beers not just every week but every time that i went to work there which was pretty much every day and that was only just becoming so wasn't it you know for the longest time pubs had always had the same beers or maybe a very slow rotation of of changing changing beers but suddenly out of nowhere that in the early 2010s at least for certain pubs you know this this amazing world of of a new beer every time you turn around was there yeah and yeah for better or worse i decided to sort of leave behind my academic pursuits Following the, you know, finishing my degree in York and stayed there to run the Falcon. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I say, that's that's where I met Aaron. I got further into beer. My my mantra at the time was every day is a beer festival. Um, <laughs> we get to choose what's on in this bar. We're very lucky that the owners sort of gave us the at the time, gave us the freedom to 
pick and choose as we saw fit, which, you know, right. we get beer from all over the world. Absolutely loved it. And yeah, so Turning Point was born out of that, really, which was uh, me enjoying myself running this pub and yeah. Aaron working for the for Brass Castle Brewery, but wanting to start his own thing. And that's where our interests sort of overlapped. We both had been homebrewing for a little while. Right. Started doing that in in my shed together. Not, not we didn't actually do that that often, but um, that's where the early beers were born from. And we decided uh, in maybe what was it December 2016 that we were gonna we were gonna try and do something. And by January 2017, we had the keys to a place. We had brewing equipment. We had recipes. We had branding. We had a website. We pretty much had everything done in the first sort of two months of, wow. of uh, 2017. It was quite ridiculous because I was still working full time. Uh, running the pub, there was a very small window of time where I wasn't doing both of those things simultaneously. Right. It was a little bit chaotic, but we, again, it's, uh, you know, we've we've not got any anyone funding us in any, in any way, so we you know pulled our collective resources, yep. found some secondhand kit. We we're very fortunate to find this um, old brewery site in a town called Kirby Moorside, which is up near the North York Moors, sort of. Area, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it's a really nice part of the world. Mm. We're very lucky that the building that we found there had previously been a microbrewery called Moorside Brewery. Okay, brilliant. So, so the plumbing and the electrics and everything were all as you required. Everything yeah. but our pots and pans and the sign on the door was pretty much there, and yeah. uh, that doesn't happen very often. So, we, no, we, very lucky. I went when we found out about that place, it just, it just seemed to gather some momentum because we didn't have six months of work to do we suddenly had, well as soon as we're ready to hit go it started and that's uh that's exactly what happened fantastic we, uh, we launched the brewery in the in the basement function room of the falcon in i think it was like the last weekend of april right uh, with our first six beers and then um we went to some beer festivals for the following two weeks and i woke up and seven years have passed <laughs> up to present day i don't think i missed anything out <laughs> <laughs> love it well that's a great uh, a brilliant origin story and and one that you know it's almost the exact opposite of the majority of people i've had on this podcast who seem to go through incredible torturous efforts to to find the premises and you know manage to, to get things open and you know oftentimes this is multiple years in the in the gestation so you know it's, yeah. it's fabulous to hear that sometimes it isn't quite as painful as that but <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a really really interesting and fun time well it still is but you know looking back on that it, it never really seemed stressful it just seemed like because it was definitely a good idea anything that was any anything that went wrong or could have gone better was just just part of the journey you know it learning was process yeah yeah <laughs> and you know the the compromise with with starting with that ethos and and low budget is that you have to make compromises on your equipment yeah, the obvious, you know, the, the the way that most breweries work is they're not trying to make money; they're just trying to get better pots and pans. Yes, uh, <laughs> certainly what we're doing. <laughs> uh, we just we just want taller, shinier equipment. That's, yes, uh, that's, that's the purpose happy. of the yeah. brewery, and hopefully, we'll continue to be that forevermore. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's very sort of modest, um, modest ambitions, but but one that I can really respect. Yeah, excellent. Um, and then. Uh, so I guess you that 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 initial premises took you into COVID, um, and it was only coming out of COVID that you moved to Nairsbury. Is that right? Have I got that slightly wrong? Yeah, it was sort sort of uh, the, the two lined up almost perfectly, which was very strange. I mean, you know, we we were we were fortunate again, and I think we hit the ground running really well with our early beers. 
they weren't doing anything in small pack at the time. It was just no. cask keg, mainly cask to start with. Yeah. Um, because of what Aaron and I and well, our based previous on, and based on market, had, uh, there was a good interest in what we were doing. Yeah. The beers gathered a little bit of momentum. We started doing cans, and before we knew it, we we're trying to package different beers three different ways, and the equipment wasn't up to the job. We were canning off site, that sort of thing. And we quickly realized that we can't have all the different lines of kinds of beer in with this equipment, nor right. can we make enough, which is a good problem to have. And when we when we saw coming with enough we yeah, we we definitely had some clarity there, which was uh, we could have expanded within that site and um optimistically, you know it would very optimistically we would have just made it work there and we probably would have been able to make twice the amount of beer. But it would have been a little bit strained. So we decided to stop in, you know, investing into that site and start saving up for a new one. And again, right. in, um, in classic Turning Point style, we hermit crabbed to a new brewery, which was previously occupied by Roosters. Oh, fantastic! Nairsborough. So again, we we we, we took on the empty shell of, of Moorside and then uh, did the same again to move to Nairsborough because yeah. we, we we wanted a place with roughly three or four times the floor space that we've mm-hmm. got and a little bit closer to I don't want to say civilization. That sounds disrespectful to the no. the good people <laughs> on the north side. Let's say the M1. Then. Well, well, or, or York for that matter. I guess you're you know you're not that far west of the city, are you? Yeah. So, well, yeah. Nes- Nes- really well placed. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's a few minutes off, off from the from the A1, so it's uh, it, it, logistically it makes sense. Yeah, it's a bigger site, um, and it came again with the usual sorts of things. The drainage is there. There's a cold store that we can use. Mm. Um, and some equipment that we bought from Roosters as well. Fabulous. That, that process really started um, in the middle of 2019. Okay. Yeah. And just think, just thinking back to that, it was quite it was quite chaotic. I think our last brew at the Kirby Moorside site was the first of August, and I think right. perhaps the first one in Nairsborough might have been in November. Which okay. sounds, sounds like quite a lot of time, but from from finishing brewing, we've still to package the beer. Yes, to bring everything over, and uh, it was it was quite it was quite the job. You know, we got some new equipment at the brewery, at the, at the new site, and everything like that. We had to redo the surface of the floor, right? Pipe work for everything from scratch. It was yeah. I think I think if you were to start and end the process like like normal people that don't work, so you work too many hours in the day. Um, regretfully, we, that's what we were doing at the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, would, it probably would have taken a, an awful lot longer. But that was, um, you know, we moved, like I said, to people with, with demand. We didn't want to grow too quickly, but we didn't want to keep feeling like we weren't doing enough. Right. Um, always been wary of just saying yes to everything and becoming busy fools. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, you know, if you if you just say yes to everything all the time, you will need a bigger place, you know. But, yeah, we, we, we definitely wanted a bit, a bit to get ourselves a bit of breathing room, I think. But also, a lot of the customers that we that we had wanted to buy more of our beer, and so when right. we started brewing in Nairsborough, we didn't have to find new customers. We just we were finally able to give them what they wanted, which That's is nice. yeah, which was really great. You, can you feel that I'm about to say the word "but," Rob? Well, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I know what's coming because you know you, you you're talking about October, November, and you know, and we were six eight weeks away from the pandemic, weren't we? So <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we had our busiest ever month in February 2020. Um, we hired some new faces. We got the new brewery up and running. Made some really nice beers. Uh, we we did collaborations with uh, Siren, Thornbridge, Roosters, and Five Points. Good night. Nice. Yeah. Like, like a national 
tap takeover, yeah. four different collabs to sort of celebrate the the move. Um, so we were shipping out pallets and pallets of those, those beers and everything else. And a lot of them ended up coming back to us because it was that week, you know, oh. the, the start of March. And yeah. anything that we had going out to Europe, which was at that time, was maybe more like 20 to 30% of our output. Was it? Yeah. But obviously COVID had maybe started a couple of weeks before or they were a bit quicker off the draw, whatever it was, yeah. that those beers ended up coming back to us. So we suddenly found ourselves with about, if by, by Kirby Moorside's numbers, about three months of beer. Oh. That we thought we'd sold, that we hadn't. Yeah, percent of our custom has vanished, and uh, we've just self-funded a brewery move. Mm. <laughs> I dare say, if we were a little bit slower with the move, we might have ended up, you know, either not going ahead with it, or, or you know, the, it, it just the way it could have it could have been really different, just hinging on a few weeks here and there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that happened, which was something. But everyone has their own experience of that. I know it's quite different, difficult for for breweries, especially and and, oh, and pubs and restaurants. Anyone who sells things to human people, really. But mm. yeah, it was quite a stressful bit of bit of time, and uh, we weren't really sure what to do because there's not you can't really Google it, can you? No, no. Yeah, we'll have really. a better idea next time around, but but this time we, we literally were making it up as we went along. Yeah, there's nothing to draw from. Like no. what do we do? Um, it was yeah, it was it was uh, early enough in that in that process that the the, the event that I mentioned the, the, it was called the New Frontiers Collaboration Project, which yeah. was uh, breweries that inspire us that we collab with, and uh, we, we we decided to do it as an online thing, and it was early enough into the process of us getting used to being indoors a lot. We didn't even know what web platform to use. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know if Zoom was a scam. I thought oh. it might be like some. <laughs> I, I typed in like how to how to host a call with perhaps five hundred people on it, and um, there there were a few options. I was like, what? I've heard people mention Zoom. Yeah, but, yeah. It was actually uh, I've, I've got quite a yeah. I feel like I have a unique take on on COVID because I parts of it I thought I thought were I'm not going to say enjoyable because in the grander context that's a you know inappropriate, but but um, it, it brought something new to. Our business, I think, yes, which we'd not seen before, which was uh, we're able to do fun things online on mm. a Wednesday, which yes. is brilliant. And so we, that's basically what we did. We uh, we just pivoted to being, like, you know, doing online stuff and doing yeah. home deliveries and and all the rest of it. Our web shop was already in place and ready to go. We we've been doing that for a couple of years previously. It was really something. We furloughed most of the staff. Yeah, like, well, that's, that's a good way to keep our costs down. We got we got to protect this, you know. We got to make sure that. And again, you don't know how long it's going to last for. It could be weeks, it could be months, it could be indefinite. At that point, you've absolutely no idea. So it's not just oh, if we get to April, everything will be fine. No. And so yeah, the, the home deliveries was an obvious one but at the time. I was driving a Fiat five hundred, like you could fit like forty mini kegs in it, Rob. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> so, you took the seats yeah, out, we'll, did you? Packaging the beer straight from the tanks. Yeah, take the seats out. You can also fit 14 key kegs in a Fiat 500, which I think is pretty good going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a story there, isn't there? <laughs> it could be, I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was a remarkable little time, really. You know, but we it's were... to you, I, I think it's to your great credit that you, you know, you see the positives from that. And, you know, you obviously you you scrambled and pivoted and scrapped um, like everybody who's still in business. Yeah. 
you know, needed to in order to live, to survive, to, to tell the tale. Yeah. Um, exactly. I'd say the positives are, you know, we, we found and met our audience of people that perhaps don't go to the pub that often, you know, right. which was, yeah. uh, which was a really different thing. Like, uh, just being in each other's living rooms has a different sort of level of casualness to it, isn't it? It's like, yeah. It, yeah, it was it was really nice, and also being the beer man dropping uh, yes. cans of mini kegs off when people haven't got anything else to look forward to in the day. Yeah, led to some really interesting conversations, and you know we've met people that a lot of the, a lot of them still come to our tap room, but it's uh, it's weird because I saw them in their dressing gown at two p.m. every Wednesday for about nine uh-huh. weeks. <laughs> but but you've established, you know that that you know that direct relationship with those customers is probably established for the long term for for Turning Point, isn't it now? And so that that's brilliant. Those people appreciated the effort you went to there, and will hopefully be returning the favour for for years to come. Yeah. It was a really good way to put ourselves in the in the local area. You know, obviously when a, when a brewery moves location, it can be it can be difficult to like re refind community routes you know and uh, especially when everything's closed so the on the online stuff really helped us put ourselves in the area you know yep and every once in a while i bump into somebody and they say oh i went to i went to one of your um i went to one of your online events we bought the beers and everything and like oh it was it's the worst hangar i've ever i've ever had and all this it's like <laughs> it's so weird you know you meet people that you've not met <laughs> yeah in any other context than they came to one of our beer events online it's mm. uh it's really, it's really nice yeah no, absolutely. Well, that's um, that's excellent. Let's um, so let's let, let's bring the conversation up to date and talk about what you've now got established at, at Nairsbury in terms of you know size of your facility. What you know, what, what's the size of the team? How often you're brewing? What's your what's your production output roughly? Uh, yeah, so we uh, our kit is quite flexible, really. I don't, I don't like to normally put a it's a this size kit because we okay. can can and do different can and do do different volumes very regularly. Yeah. Maybe maximums like five thousand liters okay. uh, for a turn of the brew kit, which is yeah what we what we do most of the time probably. Yeah. And yeah, we probably brew somewhere between one and three times a week, but not two. Right. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, we're, we're quite. We're, we're get, I think we're getting much better at it actually. We've, we've historically we've been quite. Um, we'll put the brew schedule together as as we go, depending on what we need. But I think with a yeah. few years of steadiness of well steady is probably a a, a reach isn't it but a little bit of we understand what we're doing now and we know yeah. how to relax to what we need so yeah we probably probably brew two tw- two times a week three at a push okay sometimes one if we're a little bit overstocked or something yeah. but yeah that does that does well for us and that's that's with a uh, size of team I th- we are eight people i think i'm not good right. at counting these things <laughs> um but yeah, we've uh, so it's, the business started as as me and Aaron, and we've got uh, we've got Josh, who's our head of sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, he joined us from Ridgeside Brewery at the start of 2020. Uh, we've got Chris, Chris and Bryn in the brewery. Chris mm-hmm. is the head brewer. Mm-hmm. Nick, who does like admin, e-commerce stuff. Um, basically, uh, <laughs> Josh put on our social media a bit of a meet the team in the day. Basically, keeps the keeps the ship going. Okay, yeah, need <laughs> one of those. And we've got a guy, a guy called Andy, who never gets called Andy because he also drives the van, so we call him Vandy. Or if he's, <laughs> if he's um, helping out on the canning line, he's Candy. Um, and then we've uh, oh, there's there's many iterations of it. And uh, yep. poor lad. And then uh, Sophie's just joined us on uh, in the sales department from from Player Brew Co. Right. Uh, 
Yeah. I think if I've counted correctly, I think that makes a team of eight people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we've 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 got a great team. We work really well together. We enjoy making beer together. We enjoy socialising. Yeah. We all do different things outside of our job roles. I guess we all go to different festivals, help out the tapper and that sort of thing. So it's a uh, yeah. We, whereas it's it's. We're, what me and Aaron always say, we're very, very lucky to have, have found the people that we've found to help us do what we do. Yeah, uh, not just to help us, but to you know, do it. <laughs> people that you enjoy working with, yeah, as well, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Not not always a given, but it's it's very important. Um, well, how many new beers a month, roughly, would you be releasing them? Uh, to be honest, Rob, that's that's something that changes all the time. We could yes. so we could sometimes overdo it a little bit if we've if we've promised you know oh we'll do a collaboration on this date or something and uh <laughs> probably probably three three or four new beers a month yeah that seems i, I had a look at i think you've got 180 odd beers listed on untapped which which gives right that sort of and i do yeah. i do keep tabs on untapped in terms of i like it when the pictures are right i like it when everything's as it should be yeah and sometimes people will make them with spelling mistakes and i have to merge them into the old ones it's a little bit of a sad thing to do that but <laughs> But that means that your claim of 100 and uh, your comment of 180 odd beers is probably bang on the money. So, oh, yeah, no, no, that's what I. <laughs> but, you know, we uh, we do we like to bring beers back from from previous years and give right. them a bit of a give them a bit of a makeover or keep yeah. them exactly the same. You know, and it's it's really fun because when you when you want to make we do want to make beer, new beers all the time. But we also we've all got our favorites that we'd love to drink. That's it. I think you need you need that balance, don't you? Because you yeah. as you build up a clientele, you know, they, they, there's nothing like a beer that you absolutely loved last year coming back or the year before last. That you know that that gives people a real buzz as well. So it's I think you've got to cater pander to that crowd a bit as well, haven't you? Absolutely. Let's talk about this first beer because it's not going to last very long in my glass. This is Invoke the Almighty. Um, this is your six percent American IPA. Brief tasting notes um, say uh, Simcoe and Azaka cryo hops, Citra T90, and Mosaic Leaf. And then, really, there's like just a one-word tasting note, which is heavenly, which is <laughs> which is beautiful actually. I, and this is a really good IPA. I'm really enjoying this. Um, lovely tropical flavors to it. Just a hint of bitterness, modest carbonation, but yeah, just just everything I'm looking for in a New England IPA. So this is going down a treat, uh, Cam. What's the uh, What's the background to this? Um, so this is, I, I guess we could call this the second beer in a bit of a new chapter for how we want our IPAs to, yep. te- to, to look, taste, and drink. Um, we've been gradually tweaking our our New England style for six and a half years. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were always, always happy with the results, but I think, I think we might have suspected that we could do better okay. um by by shaking it up a little bit more and so we've 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 tried out different yeasts we've tried different water profiles different times and uh temperatures for dry hopping that sort right. of thing yeah. uh, how and when we package the beer uh, you know like sort of the, the temperature we package the beer oh the, the, there are hundreds of variables oh yeah um, and you can and you can change them Ad infinitum and and not really know where you stand with why that one was better because you change too many things at so once. Things. <laughs> but I think we started again with the, the previous beer to this one was called Magnificent Gestures, hmm. and that was six point 
five, I think. It's so yeah. difficult to remember the ABVs one, one, now that we're 185 beers. Uh, they used to stick <laughs> in my mind, and I would never relinquish that information. It would always stay with me, but now I struggle a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the idea with this one was basically to, to follow on from that um, and just make it a little bit more drinkable at 6%. Right. I've always thought that that, Six percent to six point five is the absolute sweet spot for the kind yeah. of IPA that we like to make and drink. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah, if if you do look at our untapped, so if you search by ABV, you probably find that the vast majority of them are in that range. Nice. Yeah. Still, it's still pintable. It's yeah. still pintable at the bar without it being like a tenner or something. Maybe it That's is a good point. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tasty enough that you want a, you want to drink more of it, but it's not too sweet. Like I, I, for me, when you get to seven point five, eight point five, the beer is sweet to a point that you can't get that same level of hop flavor through. And I like to right. be able to have a bigger mouthful than like a small one and go, "Oh, that's quite strong." Yes. Um, so yeah. I've I've always thought that our IPAs exist in a in you know maybe IPA six percent is some people that say well, that's the minimum you could call it an IPA. I don't know. Mm. Um, <laughs> the purists. Yeah, I don't waste too much. Uh, um, but we 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 tend to let people decide what they want to, what style of IPA they want to call it. We don't really, uh, you know, we don't don't go too far down that rabbit hole. No, trying to categorize everything like different styles of metal music or whatever you can just keep them <laughs> friendly. With you, so. We don't always put New England IPA on the can. Um, no, but we hope that people, you know, that have tried our beers before or not tried our beers before get some idea of what we're about right. just from a read of the can yeah um yeah Sim- simcoe and azaka two hops we work with yeah. a lot yeah. simcoe's in in a few of our orange beers mm-hmm. and um as azaka we've done some single hop uh brews with over the years and so it's um it's a mainstay on our our contract going forward nice. really. yeah mm-hmm. city mosaics speak for themselves yeah. um yeah. but yeah that's i i, I really in, in our ipas i we always try and get one hop that's got that brings something slightly different to the table i think the okay. the big sea hops and citra mosaic these sort of people like know what to expect they expect to taste those hops i think in a beer yes. yeah um, something like azaka or eldorado or galaxy yeah uh, or sabro to a point or something like that yeah. you can, can add those hops as like an accent flavor which without you know making it 20 to 30 percent of the volume the hops that you put in the beer, you can really just give it a new, a new like an extra level of flavour. Nice, yeah, that makes perfect sense actually. Yeah, this is brewed with uh, uh, Lalleman's Verdant strain, strain of yeast, nice. which is yep. it's been doing really nice things in our beers. And so we've, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue with it. I think uh, very good uh, for certain certain brews. Nice, yeah, nice. No, it's it's really nice. Um, I've 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 only had maybe three cans of this beer so far yeah. and uh, maybe a half in the pub but uh yeah it's it's really really lovely and um i shall be continuing to drink it whilst stocks last yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> the short period while it's available um <laughs> you mentioned core beers uh can we can you run through those quickly yeah for sure um so the beer that we make the most of um and probably you know it was in, in we brewed it in our first week of existence was disco king yeah, uh, that sits around somewhere like forty percent of all the beer we make. Um, it. Yeah, it's sort of we, yeah we put it into fifty liter kegs, and a lot yeah. of it goes around York, Leeds, yeah. sometimes further afield, and then you know wholesalers will take it. We do it in cans mm. as well. Um, that is that's the beer 
that's the one that we talked the most about getting right, right before we started. We wanted, um, I don't think it's the same flavor wise as these beers, but the benchmarks at the time we we sort of thought were Gamma Ray, Punk yeah. Sure. Um, amongst many others, you know, yeah. we were all drinking those beers 10 years ago, you know, yeah. and uh, well, lots of people still are, but they were yeah. the beers themselves were, were especially different, I think. Yeah. Um, in that it was the the flagship beer was over five percent, right? It wasn't the pale ale. We didn't want to make our most popular beer a four percent pale ale. We wanted to okay. have the thing that we pushed the most be five point one, full right. of flavour, yeah, but repeatable. You know, you might have a few of them. <laughs> I often that's do. Right, so, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's Disco King, and that's um, basically the the backbone of what we do. Yeah. Um, alongside that, we've got Wavelength, uh, which is a 4.5 single hop mosaic pale. Nice. Um, it's not really single hop, though, is it, Cameron? Because there's Simcoe in it. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all mosaic dry hop, but there's some Simcoe leaf in the in the yeah. boil. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's really nice, and that's that's mainly cask. Um, right. A little different than Disco King, not just the Navy V. It's a little clear, clearer. It's a little lighter. In color, we use super pale malt for that, mm-hmm. so it looks it looks like you're going to have a a nice flavoursome, still slightly hazy. You're going to get a good, interesting pint of cask beer that's not right. so far fetched that you're not going to be a bit shocked if you ordered it by accident. You'd be like, "What's this soup that I've bought?" Yes, <laughs> um, we've we've Which is uh, a fine line that you need to be careful with. with it is, beer, and it? we've uh, we've had many a dance with it. And uh, I think we've uh, just about got it right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've we've also got a, a lager we make called yeah. Nova Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me- to be honest. That's apart from the can. That's that just goes out to permanent lines. Yeah. Um, so you don't often see it at, at festivals or in in other pubs because nice. well, the the thing that if if for anyone who doesn't know, listening lager takes much much longer to make. Yes, if of course, if of course you do it, do it properly. Yeah. And so. For us to anticipate demand, we can't really give away more than the we that we've got. We need to know it like six to eight weeks in advance yeah, who's gonna buy it here and when. And so there's if you want to buy our lager, obviously you can. We would yeah. love you to. <laughs> but um it helps if it's on at that at that venue all the time. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. That works for us. We've all, we've all got a fairly short list of those customers, but uh, and then recent addition we added this year is a three point four percent New England pale called astral voyage nice yeah and that is it, i've never thought that i would say it but i think it might if if i go into our pub and and that and disco kings are on i'm probably gonna get that one and uh, right. i yeah. never thought that we'd have a beer here that that did this and i feel guilty when i say it because um disco king is you know he's doing doing bits yeah but, um, <laughs> but Ast- astral voyage is uh yeah, it's it's um, a bit. Um, what would you, I'm gonna explain it. A bit thicker than right. Disco. And it's got a higher finishing gravity. Okay. Um, it looks more hazy. Yeah. It, the hops are a little uh, juicier, I would say, a little bit nice. more punchy, um, but it, a lot more sessionable at three point four percent. I think you so, just sold yeah. it to me as well. I think that sounds delicious. Yeah. Especially <laughs> while we're. Uh, experiencing some beautiful weather i don't know where well, it's not now i don't know about where you are but it's a storm outside it's been all right today but it's not as warm as it was a week or two ago now yeah. um 
But yeah, while, while the weather's been nicer over the mm. summer, I've been I've been favouring drinking that quite a lot actually. Nice. Well, it's very on on trend as well, isn't it? You know, these the the, the table beer or or those three points X uh, percent yeah. ABVs are are really becoming fashionable with the duty changes coming in as well. It's you know there's going to be a lot more beers around in that that bracket, I think. And you know if you can you can brew one that actually drinks a bit heavier than than, than its actual ABV, then then those are going to sell really well, I think. Well, we've 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 had uh, we've had a few good goes at it. We we used to make a beer called No Post on Sundays. We, we just by virtue of hop contracts and the like, we weren't able to really pursue that as a as a continuous thing. So we've we've brought right. in some voyage, which to be honest is not a not a million miles apart from that beer. Okay. Uh, but No Post on Sundays was always one of my favourites because it was chock full of galaxy and three point five percent. That's that's a good that's a good time for me. Mm. Um, and we've yeah we did Rainbow Road at three percent. We've done yeah. one at two point eight. I think I might be making that up actually. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we've we've always tried to have a regular rotation of a of a lower ABV pale. And I know no, I know no, nobody will believe me, but we definitely didn't pick three point four because of the uh, the duty changes. That was no. an actual accident. It was genuinely like that was before that. But now we've we're really? deep in the beer. <laughs> uh, like I say, nobody will believe me, but that's your own problem. Well, I believe you because you've got an honest <laughs> face anyway, and I can see your face, Cam, as we're chatting. So <laughs> it, might like, it might look that way over Zoom. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell you what, mate, let's just take a short break. This Week in Craft Beer is sponsored by Hit Marketing Design, a design agency based in Essex, offering professional marketing services across the UK. They specialise in graphic design, brand creation and web design, and can create anything from a fresh logo, new product branding, eye-catching adverts to a fully populated website. No fluff or filler, real design for a competitive world. To find out more, visit hitmarketingdesign.co.uk. So I'm back with Cam from Turning Point for the second half of the show. Cam, at this stage every week, I like to have a bit of fun and put the guest on the spot and ask them to tell me what makes them different. What is it you're doing at Turning Point to stand out in the relatively crowded Yorkshire craft beer scene? Well, Rob, it's a good question. One that we always like to be asked because it keeps us on our toes, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I think in that question, I think it's difficult to stand out from... The, what is it? Two, north of two thousand breweries in the United Kingdom. That's right. Yeah. We're all we're not all making similar beer. There's a wide wide range of styles out there, but I often think it's not the beer that distinguishes breweries apart as much as other factors. Yeah, I would say the culture of our brewery is is quite unique, um, and our the reason for it existing. I think I would go as far as to say I'm not not saying that other breweries don't do this, but I think some of the ones that I spend time with, I think, might be slightly different. The, the motive for it was never – the aim of the business is just for the business to exist and for it to do well. It's not uh, – it's, it's, me and Aaron started because we wanted to replace our jobs with something that we really, really wanted to you do. enjoy doing, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that we've been able to bring other people into that that have bought to, into it just as well. They look forward to work, hopefully. We try not to even call it that if we can avoid it. Right. <laughs> so I think I think we've got a really a really – unique team-based culture where it's uh rather than it be a sort of top-down organization you know we've got we've got staff and everything so it's uh mm. I, I think that we trust people that we've hired to do their version of their job right and i think i think that makes it quite unique you know in terms of i have a vision of what i want the brewery to be aaron has a vision of what the brewery wants to be for him yeah 
quite often those two things, uh, there's, some, there's some good crossover there. <laughs> we agree. Hopefully, at least some agree. crossover, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of, you know, individual members of the team making their contributions, we, we welcome it. And if uh, if that's something they're passionate about, I'm happy to, to roll with it like some sort of quasi-communism. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for want of a yeah. better word, only twenty first uh, century. Yeah, and we, we, yeah. yeah, like like old breweries, we um, that's not a good way to start a sentence. What makes it different? We try and keep it as as fun as we can, and make sure we're enjoying different aspects of it socially, day to day in the brewery. I think that's good. Also, I've got one one bonus bonus point on that. Yeah, we almost exclusively make imperial stouts in the summer, <laughs> as opposed to. Uh... Oh, yeah, in the summer, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, because then you can package them and release them uh, towards next summer once they're barrel aged. So we've always got stout coming out when it's warm. No one else seems to like really do it. Uh, pubs are always asking for stouts. Yeah, there's, there's a real lack of them, and uh, just by accident, we started doing that, and it seems to have stuck. How extraordinary! Yeah, so I love it. It. Uh, stouts in the summer. Yeah, you've just <laughs> given away your, your trade secret there. You might, not, I might not all the time. It's not as cynical as that. <laughs> it's, uh, we do do that quite a lot. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, it makes perfect sense now you've explained it. Good. Well, I'm happy with that. Um, let's talk a bit about your retail footprint because I know that's an increasingly important part of, of what you're doing at, at Turning Point. So start with the tap room and then let's get into your York uh, venues, Cam. Absolutely. Yeah, the tap room is is, is something that we 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 always wanted to to uh, to do. It wasn't possible in Kirby Moorside. There weren't enough. Even if every person in that town was really interested in drinking um, strong, interesting beverages, yeah, um, we probably wouldn't have had enough people there to justify a tap room. Uh, <laughs> so in in Nairsborough, obviously, that's a, a little bit easier. Yeah, um, Roosters, when they occupied the site, used to run rather, rather than as a tap room, they'd maybe do a few open days a year. So they'd they'd convert the space, the brewery space, right. into a, more of a beer festival okay. sort of situation. Yeah. We wanted to sort of land somewhere in between that and do it a bit more regularly. Yeah, they're, they're probably producing it when at their peak of using that site. They're probably making four times the amount of beer that we're making now. Right, and so we've got a little bit more room to play with. So we yes. turned one of their storage bits into a into a bar and a cellar, mm-hmm. which is just just in view of the tanks. Um, if you really use your imagination, it looks like you might be getting draft beer from the tanks. You know, it's uh, <laughs> the, the tap room is the brewery. It's not adjacent to the brewery if that right. makes sense so when, when we when it's open when we do it you, you are in the brewery it's not a nice. it's, it's not walled off in any way nice. it's not it's not through glass or anything like that it's and that's and that's why we do it once a month not every week because uh in lockdown it was a bit more sustainable we weren't we, you know we had spare resources with our own time with our space and and all that stuff and people were a little bit more likely to do it because we had a big outdoor space we you know we all the table service app stuff and all that. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, that it worked. It worked really well for that period of time where people wanted something outdoors. Um, and then, and then, as we sort of have got much busier again over the last couple of years, we haven't really been able to justify the amount of time it takes for us to stop the brewery being a brewery and it starts being a tap room. Right, like Friday morning start to sort of yeah. clear up and clear away and, and yeah. moving two hundred cans asks kegs and a week's worth of detritus yeah. is not always worth it and you know uh-huh. it only, so we we, uh, we we toyed with the idea last year of closing that or, or making that maybe fortnightly or once a month 
Uh, we we pushed on with it, and it was it was fine. It was good. We had some really good weekends last year, but then with the advent of our our new bar, mm-hmm. we decided to sort of perhaps focus on that for the for the for this year. I'm not saying before anyone gets too excited that the tap room will be back open every weekend in 2024, no. but um, it's worked well for us. It's just it stopped us spreading ourselves too thin. And also means we can say yes to more beer festivals. Go so to you're, that doing, you're doing one weekend a month in the tap run this year, is that right? Yeah, one month, yeah. It's usually the last weekend of the month. I think so that's fr- is that Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday? Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's great. It's it's um it's I think doing that has made the tap room a much better offering in that it's busier. We can take our time and find a really good food vendor. Nice. Uh, we'll make sure there's live music on. There's a good atmosphere. And you know, we get we get a lot of the same people come to it, but also because it's once a month, people plan trips. Yeah, people actually put it in the calendar and, and make a yeah organize we, around it. Yeah, we honestly have no idea what to expect. But the last three weekends that we've done it has been so busy that at the end of it, it's, it's like it's been quite it's been quite something. You know, like sort of Terrific. to go switch it back, switch it back to the brewery. It's been a real buzz. We've had we've had coaches of people show up without. Wow. <laughs> Telling us that we're going to get coaches of people show up. Sometimes you'll look and you'll be like, "The the food queue is tangled with the beer queue." It's it's been you know what I mean. It's it's yeah. really it's really great because at the end of the day, it's it's an industrial unit in a small town in North Yorkshire, and right. it's not even you know it's it's still a twenty minute walk from the station. So it's you would yeah. never yeah. find it by accident. You've you've got to have gone like, well, we're definitely going to turning point. How are we going to get there? What's that? Yeah, that's well, right. Sort of. every, every single person that comes through the door, I'm me and Aaron some size like. How did this happen? Like, yeah, that's wonderful. Actually, <laughs> we're, 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 we're advertising it on on social media, but not really anywhere else. You know, it's like right. just put up a few weeks before and be like tap room. These are the days. This is what yep. we're doing. This is what to expect beer wise. Brilliant. And uh, people keep showing up. It's brilliant. Absolutely. How, love many, it. how many taps you got? Uh, eight, and then we'll usually have on cask as well. We'll have another yep. beer, which will probably be the newest the newest pale ale of the day. Right. But yeah, we, we've uh, we've diversified a little bit as well. We've got we've added quite because we we realised that there's usually in every party there's somebody that's uh, that's driving des yeah. as you call them, isn't it? Designated driver. Fair enough. Um, so we've got you know a good range of alcohol-free beers, soft drinks. Good. Um, it's a real hoop. We love it. Terrific. But you mentioned the uh, you you've also now got a pub. So so let's talk about that, which which has a great uh, heritage for you personally. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Anyone who's got a 30-minute or more memory will remember that I said the pub in York that I ran before was called the Falcon Tap. <laughs> and by yeah, I, I, I always had at the back of my mind that I'd love that to be a turning point place mm. where, where I started my beer adventure properly. It's where I met Aaron. And I've always always wanted to have, uh, well, me and Aaron have both always wanted to have a proper permanent space in yep. York, which, you know, because we've, we've, we've both lived there for a long time. It yes. feels, even though the brewery's in Nesbury, that's that's home, you know, so... Yes. And that's probably where most of our drinkers are, because that's where most of our Bisco King lines are. Sure. And so, and so, yeah, by some miracle, the the the, the site had, had been empty for for a long time. Been shut for four so, and a half years or something, hadn't it? That's right, four and a yeah. half years. And so, we were, we weren't sure who even owned the building to to get in touch, but some out of the blue, because yeah, the very haphazard way that I set up the social media accounts back in the day, what <laughs> ten years ago now. Was on my personal account for like right. Gmail or Facebook or whatever. Um, I got a message from this person who works for the company that owns the building, and they said, "Can we can we have access to the Google account for the 
Falcon site at 94 Micklegate. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yes, but what about that lovely pub that you've got there? Never mind these flats that you're building. What about yeah. the pub? And it just uh, snowballed from there. And uh, a few months later, it was open. Wow. <laughs> quite, quite the story. But but yeah, no, that's that's been brilliant. You know, so many good memories there, including, like I mentioned earlier, the brewery's opening night. Beer festival every day. I remember the tagline. Every day. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, getting the keys for the first time and going back in there. And it's still having things like, you know, the old school turning point pump clips on the wall and still had yeah. pictures of us all dotted around and things. Nice. It hadn't it hadn't been you know wrecked or or vandalized or anything in the in the well, apart, in... apart from the the party for the evening that it closed. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wasn't there, but uh, I'm glad to believe it was uh, it was quite the party. But yeah, no, it it had changed quite a lot because the rear of the pub, which used to be a beer garden and a function room, was being redeveloped into flats. Okay. So I would I would say it probably fits. As a, we would call it a large micro pub rather than a small pub. Okay. Yeah. Next, yeah. it's very cozy. And where is it, you know, so, so my very limited geography of, of York, so I know where Brew York are, I know where the two Trembling Madness venues are, and I know where Valhalla is in the sort of the lanes kind of between the two. So is it is it anywhere in relation to those venues? Um, it's not not particularly. It's the other side of the river from uh, from all of those, but it's um, it's it's a short walk, maybe five or six minutes out of the door of the train station. Right. So if you've yep. been to York on the train... Which, if you're interested in beer, most people probably come on. If you, if you were to come out of the station and head left, you'd find your way to Trembling Madness, yeah. Mendel, and Stonegate. If you turn right, so go that way, you'll uh, you'll and walk down Micklegate through yeah. the bar walls. You'll find us there. Brilliant. So, how many beers would you typically have on in there? So we've we've always got uh, wavelength on cask, yeah, Discord Nova, um, and Astro Voyage. So we've got four TP beers on all the time. Whatever we've got that's uh, strong and interesting or new, we've got cans of, and then yeah. we'll probably have a keg or a cask of each of them as well. But we wanted it to be no more than sort of like 40% of the draft, yeah. I think. Because mm-hmm. um, like we say, every day is a beer festival. I never yeah. said every day is a tap takeover, and so we weren't no. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it keeps it interesting. Uh, like we, yeah, a lot of people expected us to just do an all-out turning point tap room. Right. But I, th- I think it. I think it works better as uh, we get other people's beer in. Um, Absolutely, yeah. We're interested in it. We want to try them. There's so many good breweries out there. We want of course them. you do, and it's a great way to build those relationships as well, isn't it? Into into something more, maybe whether it's yeah. a collab or a tap takeover, you know, in its own right, whatever. But it's great well, to, to be what it was before, which is a showcase of the best of beer from as yeah. as far a reach as we can find from. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. That. that so when did you open um, in the Falcon? Uh, we opened in November last year. Okay, right. um, it's been yeah, it's been an absolute dream. You know, Brilliant. it's uh, it's nice. Big. I think this is quite a unique situation in that it was closed for five years, and the opening night, I opened the door at four o'clock, and the people that came in, maybe the first thirty of them, I recognised and knew exclusively from being in there before, and so we opened a night one launch for brand new business, and it was filled with. Regulars, regulars, yeah, fantastic. It was, it was quite, quite something. <laughs> Brilliant. I wonder what they've been doing for five years. <laughs> well, I think they just—they must all be either NPCs or um, it, we must be living in a simulation because, I, by the sounds of it, none of them have been to different pubs. No, <laughs> it's like some sort of Truman Show. I'm not like, sure I believe that, but still, like, you know, that's what they told you. <laughs> 
Excellent. So let's complete the the roundup then by talking about your um the outpost. The outpost is about outpost, um, it, yeah. in in Spark, which is uh, like a shipping container village for one of the better yeah. friends, uh, made up of different bars, food vendors, nice. independent shops. Yeah, really, really cool space. Um, something completely different for York, and they opened, I think, almost exactly a year after we started the brewery. Okay. So we've had, we've had our beer in there in different guises and different different bars. Yeah, um, but they approached us uh, April of last year to see if we wanted to take over the bar there for I think I think it opened at the start of May. Right, and so we had to we had to really move <laughs> really move on that. But it's a, it's a it's a really interesting thing. I mean, the, the the Falcon is a little bit more well because it's it's an established building made of bricks and stone yeah. and that sort of stuff with with some history. We've gone quite sensible on the decor whereas the right. spark one is a corrugated shipping container unit yeah. thing we've painted it bright pink and we've covered it in um, hops holding balloons um there's <laughs> david bowie with a pint and uh ufos all, all the good stuff that we like all the good our, turning point uh, space branding yeah. <laughs> all the space stuff mm. um and that's yeah it it really is uh it's a joy to go there i mean we we don't actually run it ourselves it's um it's sort of a joint venture between between us and Spark. Okay. Um, so you just, you're curating the beer, essentially, there. and, and the, you, Yeah, we, you know, we, I, it's mad. I, I designed the the layout, the look and feel of every aspect of it on uh, on Illustrator and Photoshop. Right. The course for about two days, and then three weeks later it existed. Exactly <laughs> as I'd drawn it, which was, uh, which was unbelievable. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a different offering because it's, it's, not, its, own, it's not its own place. You could get a beer from there. You could get a glass of wine from another bar. Yeah. And sort of convene with your your rabble of people, and yeah. uh, you're not just at our pub, which is which is quite nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've not been to that. I haven't been to the York example, but I've, you know, I've been to similar places in Manchester and and London and whatever. And so I guess you have got DJs playing, and it's a it's a you know a younger crowd, but but you know a, a pretty you know, busy and vibrant place at the weekends, I'd imagine. And so yeah, it'd be great. It's awesome, you know, and it's. Uh, I, I don't think it's just it's it's definitely not just a student thing, but it's it definitely in terms of York's audience for people drinking beer, I think it skews a little younger. Yeah, which is which is good, you know. It, yes, it is. Yeah, it's a good good audience for our for our beers. We're in danger of losing that uh, that demographic from uh, not just from craft beer, but from beer in general. I think so. Yeah, we, we yeah. need to... Well, you'd think you know people people make the mistake a lot of the time, perhaps in. In breweries, of thinking that their demographic is is uh, twenty one to thirty, but mm. in most cases, I'd say ours is thirty to forty five. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. If, if you look at you, probably you know look at your analytics for your podcast. Mm. Whatever, like you'd say that it, it's maybe ten years more than what the average consumer would expect. It definitely <laughs> is. Yeah, I, I'm not even sure I want to tell you what the demographic is on the on the podcast, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's skews older than than you might expect, and and yeah. you know, I'm not. Oh, of course. Very grateful to everybody that listens to it, but you know it isn't. It's not the teenagers and the twenty-somethings to, to a large extent. There are some, of course, but not as many as as I would like, and certainly not as many as the industry needs. So you know, whatever you can do to get your beer into that type of environment where where people are going to be exposed to it and realise that actually, you know, beer isn't just beer. There's you know, <laughs> there's good beer and bad beer, and you know, we want them to be drinking good beer. Absolutely, yeah, that's no, nice. And uh, the the good thing about the, the bar at Spark as well, 
people i think people find out about our beers there by accident which is uh, which is a brand new thing you know for us a happy happy well, accident, yeah. it happens it happens everywhere and we don't really find out about it because uh we sell our beer to you know hundreds and hundreds of different pubs and people oh, sure. drink our beers and then maybe follow us on socials and that sort of thing and sort of follow us from there on in but with with yeah with spot we we really noticed uh, an uptick in that you know people because it's it it's how about there and I think people are a little bit more likely to to find out what we're about from a visit. Yeah. Perfect. Any uh, any plans for any more, or are you, are you good for for retail outlets for now? Rob, I've not got any more hair left to lose. So <laughs> we, uh, we may as well continue. Yeah. A, we uh, we we did we did have a, a bar planned as a collaborative project with a bar in Harrogate. They're called mm -hmm. uh, they're still well still are called Major Tom Social. Um, but that unfortunately fell through by no fault of our own. Some, you know, landlordy stuff. Yeah, but that was uh, that's that's on on pause. We'd uh, yeah, wouldn't mind revisiting that in the future. But I think I think for the time being, I wouldn't expect that we'll release any uh, any news of new new bars imminently. No. But saying that, what did I say about five minutes ago? The guys from Spark messaged us and then uh, and then yeah, that's right. You were straight on Photoshop. <laughs> did you go on in the artwork? Yeah. <laughs> So yes, and pending uh, pending further surprises. Pending uh, the right the right invitation. That's all you're waiting <laughs> for, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> never say never. Brilliant. Um, let's talk about this next beer. This is a brilliant name for a beer, actually, but also a brilliant beer. It's Grave Diggers Biscuits. It's your nine percent imperial stout, and the tasting notes I have here say a sophisticated cocktail of coffee and vanilla wrapped up in a big boozy suit. Notes of coffee liqueur, burnt sugar, molasses. I think I might have not. Perhaps there should have been an and molasses in there, but uh, probably on my my not transcribing it accurately. Serving a martini glass for maximum pomposity, which is another good uh, good closing line. Um, this is lovely. This um, it's got it's a fine line um, with a. Uh, I guess you call this a dessert stout, wouldn't you? Um, where. You know, the, the, these beers can become too sweet very easily, but this one doesn't um, doesn't fall into that trap. It's it's got a lovely sort of you know the the, the boozy sort of barrel note is there. Um, the, you know, the, the the coffee bitterness is lovely. I think that you know the the sugar tastes are definitely the the headline. I think in this beer, and and you know we were talking about this at the break. I think the burnt sugar to me tastes like the top of a creme brulee, which is a delicious flavor um, in its own right. So I think you know I think that the flavors are really well balanced. Um, and the sweetness is, as I say, is, is the headline. But there's enough bitterness and and other flavours to to keep it a, a, a well balanced and really drinkable beer. So yeah, no, I've been really enjoying this cam as well. And um, what's the what's the background here? I'm glad I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, the the background for this one. So we were we were drinking our beer, dark matter custard, which is a seven point five, you know, chocolate custard stout. Yeah, like, you know, like really full of vanilla chocolate. We're drinking it on cask. And I observed that this is a shot of espresso away from being an espresso martini. And it would have right. tasted exactly like it. And so we <laughs> we did it. We put a shot of espresso in it, and it was. Yeah. And we thought, well, that needs to, it deserves to be its own beer from yeah. the ground. It really, really worked. Um so the beer, you know, the, the beer was a bit of an accident out mm. of uh, out of drinking another one of our old brews. <laughs> but I thought the only thing that we thought it might benefit from is an increase in ABV, so we put it up from seven point five to nine, right? Um, and we again, we, we we really went to town with this beer. 
the first brew we did of it was maybe three or four years ago. Um, and we wanted to release half now, half later in, in bourbon barrels. We've right. done, we've got, yeah, we've still got barrels of it sitting around now. Nice. Um, always. <laughs> Wait till next summer, though. It's too late now. Yeah, no, you don't be selling that in the winter, <laughs> do you? That'd be silly. <laughs> That's ridiculous. No cool for that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we worked really closely with um, our good friend, Steve, who runs uh, Cloudgate Coffee. Yeah. Uh, local, you know, roastery, Yorkshire roastery. It's just going to um, keep me awake. There's that, Matt, that, that, so much caffeine in it tonight, or uh, do I not need to uh, worry? We tried to work it out. You should be all right. <laughs> you should be absolutely fine. If uh, Coupled with the 9% alcohol and quite a lot of sugar, you're either going to have... That'll uh, be the secret. Uh, an all-nighter or a bit of a crash in about 45 minutes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we built the coffee from the ground up, um, we, which you can buy on their website. It's called Midnight Coffee. Oh, nice. uh, details of their company are on, on the can as well. Or nice, on our website. Yeah, love, love, a, love a decent cup of coffee. Yeah. And that's that's the coffee that fuels us a lot of the time in the mm-hmm. office and in the brewery. But yeah, we uh, when we tried the beer when it initially came out, we knew that it was, we were onto something special there and it went down yep. really well. And then uh, obviously we, we kept it a secret that we had quite a lot of it put away in wooden barrels. Nice. I, this is, I think this is the only beer that we've made a barrel aged version of and then done that again. Okay. Because we've enjoyed it so much. Normally we find that it's like, well, we, you know, we've got freedom to do what we want. So we may as well make new barrel aged beers. But I think we all unanimously like that one so much that we've, Brilliant. we were like, well, let's, let's keep it going. It seems, it always seems like a, a fan favorite and a team favorite. So it's uh, as good as a core, as close as you can get to a core range Imperial barrel edge stout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink well, to that. More, I need more of those. We need more of those in UK craft beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the coffee, the coffee works really well. You've obviously, you've mm. got the, a, a really high percentage of roasted barley, different kinds of, of uh, roasted malts. I imagine. Yeah. Um, so that the, the the sweetness that you mentioned is balanced by a decent amount of bitterness that you get from that sort of it almost it, you can't ever let it get to this point, but it's somewhere on the scale of between zero and acrid. You got like black malt and, yeah. uh, and brown malt; those sorts of flavors are really quite sharp. Yes, um, but in the right balance, they can just take the sting out of the sweetness, and so that's why we we favor a high percentage of those right in the stouts. But yeah, I think the barrel the barrel comes through really nicely. It does, um, yeah. It makes me wish that every bar, every every espresso martini cocktail I've drank should be barrel aged. Barrel aged, yeah. <laughs> yeah <it could> be. <laughs> we we do something quite interesting in the process of this beer, which I I, I hadn't seen. I'm sure it's been done plenty of times, but I hadn't you know seen it done at the time. Which was we we brew the beer without the coffee. We're not adding that in, so we'll barrel age the beer as a nine percent imperial milk stout. Oh, okay. We don't, we don't use the word imperial, I guess, because it's not ten percent. In fact, we no. never really use the word imperial anyway, because we just let people figure it out themselves. Yeah, fourteen uh, percent stout. That's fine. You know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, yeah, and then we add the coffee at the end of the process. Um, in my experience of being a, a collector and hoarder of beer, beers that have got coffee and that I've left in my cupboard for two years tend not to come out very well. Oh, okay. It just for me it doesn't it doesn't do it so no. so we try and encourage people to we we've done the aging for you right uh, ready to drink yeah it's packaged ready to drink this beer but we've barrel aged it for 12 north of 12 months nice. and then we've added fresh coffee that was roasted two or three days ago Good so point. you've got yeah. a contrast between super fresh 
like smells like opening a bag of coffee when you open mm. the can and beer that's sort of matured, mellowed and done its thing. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective and not, not one I think I've heard before. So no, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Secrets out. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's crack on and talk about festivals. Cam, what you got coming up for the rest of the summer? Oh, loads. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I'll have a look at my calendar so I get them in the right order. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think next weekend we are at Manchester Craft Beer Festival. So we've uh, we've been doing the, the We Are Beer beer festivals for a few yes. years. And, yeah. Um, yeah, we're continuing to sign up with those because we really, really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Brilliantly run uh, festivals. Um, and then following weekend is tap room, so we've nothing on there. Um, and then yes, London Craft Beer Festival. Brilliant. If anybody fancies that that one, uh, I will yeah. be there on Friday and Saturday. I'll on, be there for, on, for the Friday, yeah. so yeah, look, I'll come and say hello. Look forward to meeting you in person, Rob. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll make sure we've got an interesting selection of beverages just oh, for yes. you. I was counting on it. Um, <laughs> a bit of a social one, but the following weekend probably go to Peekender. Oh yeah, nice. Um, I have not 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 one that I've done so far, but it's definitely on my to do list. I love the Peak District, so uh, you know I'm, I'm a big walker, um, as we were saying before we started. So, so I, I very much like the idea of going and doing a bit of, bit of walking and then you know some drinking. It's it's a it's a beautiful beautiful festival. So um, and a lot of a lot of brewery staff go to it, and it's uh, but it does it doesn't feel like a work thing. It's, okay, uh, it's more like, like a social it's, sort of a yeah gathering like of the of the, the clan Christmas whatever, yeah. party in uh, mid August. Oh. <laughs> um, good. yeah what else we got coming up uh, Leeds International nice don't know if we've if they've shouted about us yet but so I will say maybe maybe um, <laughs> York Beer Festival the following week um, nice. notably the following week after that we haven't got one because it's Bruce Springsteen's birthday oh. <laughs> yes various others um, but yeah no we've uh We've just been we've been balancing it a little bit with the uh, with the tap room and the pub as well. So I think we might be doing slightly fewer festivals, and also I think quite a lot of them have been already. Yeah, that's right. We're well, you know, we're halfway through the the, the season um, pretty much, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been another another good year. But I, um, I I used to be averaging about fifteen beer festivals a summer, which is. Uh, which is probably too many. I think. That is, I think that might be one, <laughs> just one or two too many. Yeah. <laughs> but now I, I make sure there's at least a couple that I'm going to for uh, for my own enjoyment, also rather than you know just being on the bar. So yes, yeah, re- especially looking forward to London. Um, fantastic. Yeah, we always really enjoy that one. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic venue as well, isn't it? I love that. It's something pretty special about Tobacco Dock. Excellent. Uh, where's the best place for people to get their hands on some turning point beers? Then, Cam, I think you've you know you've given us a pretty good idea where to get it on draft. But um, what about cans? Uh, cans probably the best place would be our website turningbrewcoat.com. Um, yeah, we uh, we keep up to date with what's new. It's always the first place to get our our beers. We do run a a monthly subscription club as well, which uh, was born what? out of uh, lockdown. Which, um, to be honest, is the deal of not even the century, the millennium. You get oh, um, wow. six of, in, in any context, not just beer. Um, yeah. You get six of our beers for 20 quid. There's always one kind of Disco King, but everything else is. Rotates, yeah. yeah. Um, it takes the FOMO out of buying our beer because you will always get one of everything, even the 14% barrel well, That's ridiculous. How can you do that for 20 quid? Well, it comes and goes. You know, sometimes it <laughs> it's plus shipping as well. I must, I must add, plus shipping. Uh, yeah, well, it's the same. And then thing. there are, you know, there are regular sort of 
uh, invitations to events at the, maybe at the brewery or nice. the Falcon. Um, yeah. And if you live in York, you can or the or the surrounds, you can either collect. If you don't want to pay for shipping, you can collect from the brewery or collect from the Falcon. Yeah, well, that is a great deal. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, we, we have we have a lot of fun with the subscription club. I yeah. think. So well, it's a nice way to to know who you who you biggest fans are as well isn't it and, and uh, keep them close because you you know you need to don't you absolutely yeah it's uh it's it's something we're really really glad we started oh. but yeah our website uh we we ship ship beer four days a week we don't ship beer on a friday because we don't want beer to be sat in well wow, that's right Fair enough. and so yeah if you order on a monday you probably get the beer on a wednesday something like that cool what about uh, bottle shops you know nationwide fairly Broad yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the big ones will do a lot of different retailers. Check with your favourite one, and if they've not got some and you would like some, just you know, give them a nudge, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll politely thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the home straight then. And I always, at this point, ask the guest to give what I call a shout out to the little guy. And here, I'm asking you to name one or more local to you beer businesses you do think you're doing a, a, an amazing job promoting independent craft beer so that could be another brewery a tap room a bottle shop a pub uh, even a restaurant or a cafe but somebody you think is doing a great job promoting not just turning point but independent craft beer in general i'm going to pick two that are in my local area in walking distance from where i live which okay. are not central in york so i live in acom and uh the crooked tap is absolutely wonderful. They just won uh, some big like, local business award thing, right? So, it's a really, a really uh, brave, I would say, uh, concept of a bar, which yeah. is a little bit further out of town, but really stuck to their guns on what they want to do, yeah. which is champion independent beer, uh, local beer. They've been really supportive of us, and it's become my local. Fabulous. Cask, cask and keg, I guess. Uh, cask and keg. They brew the, yeah, Crooked Brewery. They brew their own beer as well. Oh, great. Just opened a second site in Driffield. Huh? I think. I hope I've got that right. I haven't been. But yeah, they're, they're, they're doing a really good job. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, to say, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of people live around here, but just without, you know, you, if you were thinking I'm going to open a beer business or a beer forward business, I would, you'd, you'd lean towards the city centre, but it's, Every time I go in there, it's it's busy with people having a good time, drinking nice beer. Fantastic. Nice to see in a less city centre yeah. part of town. We need more of those. Good. Like that. Um, I'm going to say Sloppy's Bar and Kitchen, which is uh, also near me. Um, it's run by our friend Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, yeah, she used to work at the Falcon. Okay. She's doing a great job. Her and her partner. Uh, they make phenomenal burgers, which you can get delivered. Yeah. And yeah, again, great choice of drinks in a in an unlikely part of town. Right. Uh, and yeah, always a warm welcome. One of the sort of places you go in, and if you went in there two or three times, you would definitely be on first name terms with the people that work there. You know, it's like nice. a really, really yeah, friendly yeah. place. Mm. You're always going to have a good time. Terrific. So, yeah, those, those are my two. Awesome. I, I would say not selfishly because they're near me, but because I use them <laughs> for their, what, their intended purpose. Yeah. That, that makes sense to be my answer. Perfect. All right. Thanks for that, Cam. So we are at the wrap-up question then. And here I need to know from you, what would be your ultimate happy hour? Where would you be? Who would you be with? 
and what specific beer would you be drinking? And there's just one qualifier, which is that the beer doesn't necessarily need to match the venue. So, you know, you can choose a venue where your preferred beer or beer style wouldn't typically be available. Um, and in this imaginary world, you can bring it with you. I'm going to say it might have happened already. I'm going to go back only two days ago. Okay. <laughs> I was watching, um, and the beer, the beer is almost irrelevant in this, but I was, uh, I was with family. Um, and my girlfriend and some yeah. friends, and we were watching Bruce Springsteen at Hyde Park and ah, showing some, uh, some warm tinnies and listening to the best music that you will ever hear in your life, performed by the greatest musician that will ever live. Fantastic. Um, I don't think it can possibly improve on that. The only thing that would possibly improve it is if the beer in question was, and let's go with, ooh, Disco King. Disco King. <laughs> Cask or keg? Keg. Keg, please. Okay. Just when, you, when you're dishing these out in a later date, when uh, when you're handing out the lottery tickets for uh, people's requests, just remember that it was keg. All right, then. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that, that does yeah, sound... No, that's, uh, that's, that actually happened thereabouts, and um, I think that's as good as it gets. Brilliant. Well, that does sound like a does sound like a good a good hour, good fun. I'm sure it would more like four or three and a half hours. No, no, how long he typically Perhaps. plays, but uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Good good memories, <laughs> good memories. Excellent. Well, Cam, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for your time. Um, uh, you know, I, I meant what I said earlier on. I think you guys are on a really good trajectory. You know, I'm excited by every beer I've had from you, um, especially in the last couple of years, you know, and mainly I mean by that, that I haven't really had much of your beer before then, but I'm now starting to see them a bit more. So that that's great to see. Looking forward to seeing you down at Tobacco Dock in a few weeks' time. And yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing. I think it's very exciting. Oh, fantastic. Thanks, Rob. I've really enjoyed chatting with you.